0: Welcome to Savage Minds. I'm your host, Julian Vigo. Today's guest is Jennifer Sharp, an award-winning director, writer, editor, and graduate of NYU Tisch School of Arts. She has directed two narrative features which accumulated over 30 awards between them and achieved critical acclaim. Her narrative feature, Una Great Movie, was released on Amazon Prime, and her documentary, The Chasing of a Great Movie, won the 2019 Vision Award at the Roxbury Film Festival and spawned the four-part doc series, Dare to Dream, What You Cannot Imagine, for which she is currently in post-production. An all-around filmmaker, Jennifer's editing credits include various feature films, and she was the art director for A Haunted House 2 and Warner Brothers Within. Her deep understanding of the various aspects of filmmaking strengthened the quality of every project she takes on. After having an adverse reaction to the COVID vaccine, she found herself mandated out of society and cast aside by friends and family. At that moment, she believed it was her responsibility as an artist to tell the stories that no one was talking about. She picked up her camera and created Anecdotals, a compassionate film exploration of the nuanced vaccine debate. I welcome Jennifer Sharp to Savage Minds. I have two subjects in the world I hate talking about, and this is definitely the number one. I am so angry about what was done to us. And your yeah. film, which we're going to discuss, oh, breath of fresh air to me, because we were like well, let's just kick in, because let's just kick in here, Jennifer. <laughs> I, just, okay,
1: I know. I am like
0: so I have, No, <laughs> I so have much. COVID Tourette's. If there could be a new disease diagnosed, will yeah. <laughs> let Dr. Fauci <laughs> handle. It's called yeah. COVID Tourette's, because (laughs) I have a really hard time not cursing around the subject. It has had such a lasting effect on my family, especially my son was four years old. What moron thought two things? Let's lock up society, you know, and four year olds, they'll be fine. They bounce back. You know, those people like they bounce back. Uh, no, no, they don't. And uh, the other thing I love to quote, and mind you, I'm a leftist. And I have worked in the People's Republic of China. And I know there are very good things about that country. But in what planet did any Western democracy ever say, let's follow China's human rights example and do what they're doing? I know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous.
0: Uh, Gosh. Oh well, Jennifer, God. thank you for coming on the show. And I have to say, before I even saw your film, I wrote you. Because just seeing you speak about your film... And I know it's sort of cheating, like the Cliff Notes version. But I was like, oh, I want her on the show because it didn't even matter if I were to have seen your film, which I have now seen and didn't agree with some of it or whatever. The, the point is that your work is getting at, which I don't know if you know of Topher Field's work. He's been on the show and he did the film on uh, the lockdown in Melbourne. Both of you have something very similar. In your films, because even though he's talking about a specific lockdown and you're talking about this vaccine uh, air quote, every time Mm. I say vaccine, I'm using air quotes around it unless it's something (laughs) real. And um, you both address the mediatized and governmental and this very large orchestration of lies that was beset upon us all such that what I really loved about your film is how you address this issue that is most sensitive and will cause people to get up from the dinner table or in most likelihood, since everyone's still locked down, block someone on social media because they did not agree with something that they said. And yet you go at one point in the film, maybe two thirds in, you use the paradigm of the nurse, the two nurses, as as it were, who... Yep. You a friend of yours who said that she is not going to have anything to do with anyone who does not get the vaccine because she's put her life on the line. I'm paraphrasing here. Yeah. But then you cite another nurse who, in fact, and I know of others here where I live, and people who aren't even nurses but work in hospitals who have lost their jobs. I know one woman who was 18 months away from retiring and said no. And she suffered. She was not paid. Yeah. Now this is all because they all saw what you and I have seen is that this isn't a real vaccine. Like, they're not idiots. <laughs> they know that if if you need a booster every three months, it might not be a vaccine without the air quotes, you know? <laughs> right, right. So I, I'm wondering, obviously, your film explains how you even came into making this film. And in fact, the interview I saw you give. But if you could, for our audience... Talk about you're a, you're a narrative filmmaker. You don't tend to focus on documentary, no. but you went ahead and did this. Can you just discuss that? Yeah, I I am. I I I had said I just finished a feature
1: film that's fiction, that's comedy. I you know it's still deep. I'm a very thoughtful person, so all my films have like this underlying thought provoking stuff going on, but I do it in like a quirky a quirky cerebral comedic way. and um, so I just finished my comedic fiction film. It was just released on Amazon um, and so that's what I should have been promoting. so the whole <laughs> six months that I've been making anecdotals, I have neglected. I'm like, I've like, it's like I have two babies and I've totally neglected the first one, which I'm Mm -hmm. really feel really bad about. But this new baby came that was like, a little more special. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So uh, the new baby is anecdotals. And I just I so I didn't want to make uh, anecdotals because I wanted to put my attention to my last movie. I also didn't want to get blacklisted. Because mm-hmm. it's a fragile, the film industry is fragile and like if I finally get a shot at something and they're like oh that's that anti-vaxxer we can't have her represent our movie mm-hmm. as director, like you know and I'm just like I could really be screwing myself, but in the end it, it became no a no brainer. Mm -hmm. Too many things were happening that were wrong. Too many things were happening that most of the leftist people in my life had no clue were happening and wouldn't even acknowledge they were happening when I tried to tell them. And I would just be like, do you understand this is happening? Do you understand that they're not recognizing natural immunity and they're making us get the shots and they're locked down? And do you understand we can't get exemptions? And do you understand, you know, just all this stuff that like more and more does not make sense? Like another thing, the nurses, right? Like Mm -hmm. they were, the nurses were not allowed They lost their jobs. Doctors, people in the hospital lost their jobs if they weren't vaccinated. And then suddenly they changed the rule that if you were vaccinated and you tested positive with COVID, you could still go to work um, you know, like that was literally a law, but if you weren't vaccinated, you lost your job. So, you know, it's like, wouldn't you rather have a not vaccinated negative COVID person working on you than a vaccinated positive person? Because they were so short staffed, they changed that rule. Like, then I'm like, do you guys realize how ridiculous, and nobody realized it and nobody would even have listened to me. And as I started to talk, I felt like a crazy person. So the artist in me, the filmmaker in me was like, you know what, instead of like, Beating my head against the ground, trying to get people to listen who don't want to, and everybody thinking I'm crazy. I'm just going to make a movie. And it's funny, I called this, it's not true, but I said this yesterday in an interview and I kind of liked it and I kind of didn't like it. But I was like, the movie became kind of my love letter to the vaccine advocates,
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm.
1: where it's kind of like, hey, you guys, like, if you, if you love me, or if you have an open mind, just listen to my story. Like, I'll be gentle with you. But just, this is the journey that I went on. Don't you understand the questions? And don't you maybe have a couple more? So that was kind of like how I went. Um, It's hard to not be harsh when you're telling the truth, because the truth behind this is pretty grim um, in a lot of places. But yeah, I, I enjoyed it because the whole time and, the, and I made the movie in six months. I was like, it's timely. I have to do it quick. I also don't have any money. I don't have any energy. I just finished my last movie. I don't want to do another one. I, So I was like, I'm going to do this as quick as I can and for as little money as I can. Like, I'm going to ask some people for money and I'm not going to spend any more than I get. And so that kind of dictated the scope of the film. And in the end, I just went in a hole for six months and just made it. I was psycho obsessed with all the information. I was drowned in it, but it was really interesting to me. And it was really fun, actually, as an artist, fun is the wrong word, but exhilarating to tell my story and to have the truth and have nobody interrupting me and be able to say it as clearly and concisely as I wanted to put it. Um, And then I came out of this six month bubble um in September with a finished movie and an invite to screen it. I got an invite to screen it like 2 months before, 3 months before it was even done. And I was like, sure, that sounds like a good finishing date. Screened it, got a standing ovation, got a um a, an award and this was in Minnesota and then I flew back to Los Angeles. And had like a six hour panic anxiety attack cried and was like, what did I just do? <laughs> it was fun making the movie, but now I'm putting it out there and I'm in front of people and I'm stepping into a world that's crazy. And I I had all these second thoughts and my face is all over the film. And I was like, oh my God, I don't think I should have made this movie. And I, uh,
0: yes, and I, no, no, I can, I can understand that. I make documentary as well. And I'm a shy person, even though I talk to people, I do this po- podcast, I write, I say outrageous things. That line between the personal and the professional is something I've always maintained. But like you, I mean, it you find yourself in the eye of the storm. I, I understand why you did it. Because when I saw you talk about your symptoms in the interview before I saw your film, I'm like, do you know many people... I have read about having those same symptoms as you, and yet to think while I was watching just the first stories in your in your documentary about the fact that people were noting that these mm-hmm. pharmaceutical companies did not have any of their apps, because a lot of them use apps now, to mm-hmm. encode adverse reactions. They did not have an open blank space to put in any of these other things, such as What happened to your face happened to many other people's face. So we're talking about a neurological reaction that should have been codified. And certainly, even if they were to list 5000 different types of symptoms, they should always have an open blank for people to fill in. Otherwise, it is simply not scientific, is it? Yeah, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. You know my jaw is on the floor from yeah, seeing no. this because just yes maddie de Gare, the young yeah. girl with adverse reactions was Stomach not pain. mentioned in the <laughs> scientific literature and then they no. lied
1: yeah it's I, like I, I, yeah
0: oh, i'm so sorry but i just oh. saw the movie today so i'm furious <laughs> because yeah no but like how in the f Is this possible? And I bet you're being called a right winger for having made this by the critics because this is the crazy thing about this. It's been so politicized into left and right, just like lockdown was pushed by the neoliberal pseudo left. We see that a lot of the people, and I've interviewed Jay and and Martin on the show from the Great Barrington Declaration, Mm -hmm. and they too have been slammed as working with the Koch brothers and and so forth. But it's like, we're talking about people's lives this isn't a left and right issue and yet we know that anyone who you showed this very well in your film who mentions the medical malfeasance especially if they're in the medical field will risk losing their professions forever yeah. that's criminal so many things are just criminal I can't believe and California just passed it into law
1: like the when I made the movie I talked about that building up for you know, whatever, for discussion or whatever. And I talked about the bill and Russell Brand talks about the bill and Jay J Batasaraya talks about the bill and just like, it's dangerous. And then after I did my first screening, um, New- Governor Newsom signed it into law. So I had to go back and change the film and write that in the film, like this was actually signed into law of in September,
0: was it October of uh 2022, Well, let's begin. Let's begin there. Tell our listeners what that bill does, because Gavin Newsom is someone who just really annoys me between him putting men in women's prisons, rapists. Let's just be clear in women's prisons, which is my second subject I hate talking about. um, He has done great damage with one of the most draconian lockdowns in the United States. And then this. Can you explain?
1: And while his daughter was going to his kids were going to private school, not wearing masks.
0: Yeah, of course.
1: I mean, all the hypocrisy. But anyway, yeah, no, there was a, b- a, a bill that was put up to the California Senate legislator about saying that any doctor who provides misinformation um, to their patients about COVID-19 that goes against the the narrative um, is at risk of losing their medical license and will get reviewed by the California Medical Board and is at risk for losing their license. So all somebody has to do is like, Report. Oh, my doctor told me that you know the shots aren't actually a, a, as effective, or my doctor suggested that maybe I don't want to get the shot because I have Lyme disease already, and that that goes against that goes against the narrative, and that mm-hmm. doctor will be reviewed by the medical board and can lose their license. So now doctors are afraid to speak up about other options to say anything against the, and they already were afraid. I mean, they already like you couldn't get an exemption. They if you gave an exemption, you were you could lose your license. I mean, that mm-hmm. was just happening, but now it's a law. And one of the things that, you know, one of the lawmakers who passed it, there was like a lawyer or something, you know, who passed it. And I heard her interviewed and she was like, you know, and they were like, well, it's, you know, it's all right. It's not, it doesn't really change anything, you know? And she's like, and it's just for COVID. Like the weird thing about this law, it's COVID-19 misinformation. And I'm like, okay, if this law was legit, shouldn't it just be any doctor who gives a patient any misinformation about any disease? Like, could lose their license? Why is COVID-19, like, why do they have to specify COVID-19 on this bill? Because it's a, it's a shit, it's a, it's
0: not, it's horrible. Yeah, I'm watching my mouth too. No, 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 Wait, we can curse. I just get so angry about this because, no, it is shit. The whole thing has been, it's it's been vectoring towards one unique disease and one political narrative around this disease. This is against Honestly, it's against the First Amendment. Uh, Let's not even talk about medical malfeasance. How on earth can we have a country that is ostensibly uh, enamored with the right to free speech, but we have a governor who has truncated this? This seems to me to be quite illegal. Is there going to be a challenge legally to this within the Supreme Court, you think?
1: Yeah, I think there's, uh, thank God, there are groups that are doing it, but. I don't know how long that takes. And it goes into effect January 1st. And I should say it's not just Newsom. I mean, Newsom, it passed the Senate, it passed the the California legislature. Like, it's then it became up to Newsom to either sign it or veto it. Mm-hmm. you know and so when he signed it it was passed into law and it goes into effect January 1st but the fact that both the I'm not really is it I think senate and house in the state I think we have two sets I'm not the biggest son, but mm-hmm. um it passed like it so every it passed like all the lawmakers here in California and you know the majority passed it so that it could even get to this to the governor's office mm-hmm. and that's scary that's scary you know like
0: well, it is because if they watch your film, I really challenge the lawmakers in and not just in California, but all over the world to watch your film. Because yeah. my job by minute 15, I'm not someone who has to take pauses from movies. And I did the nasty and watched that Jeffrey Dahmer film, and I thought I was gonna get sick before I watched, I thought oh, that's gonna make me ill. <laughs> Well, it did at certain points, but your film made me sicker in the sense of, and that's a compliment, by the way, but it (laughs) it did in the sense that watching, you really loaded the first part with all of this testimony that is necessary to capture your viewer because you, I imagine, were cognizant of the fact that you're going to be not speaking to the converted as well here. Yes. And it hit me over my head. And this was good because I'm someone who already knew about a lot of the vaccine damage. And I myself, I've never been an anti-vaxxer. I hold a certain criticism for people who won't get well-known vaccines that will keep their children from getting very serious illnesses, because I just don't think it's enough to say, well, polio's gone. Well, no, the reason why polio, you know, like we can have that discussion, but this was never a vaccine. And we even noted, I don't know if you saw this, that the CDC sneakily this year, changed the definition of vaccine. Yes,
1: yeah. yeah. The CDC changed. It. I mean, they were changing so many things on their website. They're, I mean, they're just and, as, and then suddenly the narrative is, oh, we just didn't know, but now we do. I mean, of other things they're changing, and like it's like things are just changing, and no one cares. And it's like, yeah, you're changing the definition of a vaccine, like. Just be Mm -hmm. honest. Like, I, Mm -hmm. I just don't understand. Like, it's okay to be wrong. It's okay to be unsure. There's enough people that were so excited to get this shot that they didn't need to lie to make people get it. Like, let the people who are willing to get it, get it and keep doing studies from there, but don't mandate it. Like, it's just like, I mean, and that's, there's another question. Like, should you actually let anybody get it? If you know that it's actually not you know, doing what you said it would and the trials were, were not working. So maybe it shouldn't be out at all to anybody, but right. just keeping it, keeping it more simple on a basic level. What if, you know, you tell people, Hey, we don't know, we don't know about long-term, but we think this is a great thing and anybody willing, you know, then do it like, but people, there was a baby in the baby trial in the six month old trial. I forget how old like eight months, a year or six months, a baby who had a seizure after the, um, After the shot. And this was in the trial and the baby had a seizure, had two seizures, but then they went ahead and gave the baby the second shot um, because it recovered. Yeah. And I'm reading this and I'm like, do we, and they gave the baby the second shot and they didn't have any more seizures. So that baby ended up not being an adverse reaction in the trial. Like, oh, it had a couple seizures but it, you know, they were febrile seizures. They were, you know, whatever. And like it went on and, and, and I don't know, like, I don't want to judge anybody, but why would you give your baby the second shot after it already had a seizure, but it's the trial, but in the trial, it wasn't listed then it, it listed that actually it was okay for that baby.
0: Right. Cause right. It moved on.
1: And there's so many things like that. So many stories about that. And like in the trials and, you know, well, the
0: story like, of Marie de Guerre, the young girl with, yeah. you know, the adverse reactions. Not only was she not mentioned in the scientific literature accurately, they downplayed her adverse reaction. And then her mother yeah. says something that really got me. She says, essentially, that in the trial of the, this vaccine, there were no freeform spaces for participants to list negative or severe reactions. And then Pfizer, the FDA and the CDC have never spoken with them. Right. What the F? I just thought this is unconscionable. And yeah. then Brian you you feature yep. right after them, notes the same of her trial with the AstraZeneca vaccine, which ignored her case, eliminating her data by pretending that she abandoned the trial instead of what actually had happened. And they told her she couldn't continue with it because of her severe reaction. Yes. They did not yeah. allow her to continue the study But they included her data. Well, they lied. They said that she abandoned it. Now, this is not only medical malfeasance. This is way beyond that. We're in the land of propaganda here. And this is seriously, this is fucked up. Because Mm -hmm. when you started to interview people then, the hearings that you showed, when these people were saying that they could not sue any of these companies, they couldn't sue them, not only because of trials, because they signed on the dotted line for that but to my knowledge all of these vaccine makers are immune from being legally challenged is that correct yeah
1: yeah they can't yep they cannot be sued and the crazier thing that i that i learned making this documentary even more and i understood even more was how like members of the fda like mm-hmm. historically retire from the fda and go work at the pharmaceutical companies like it's this inbred circle revolving door of people that go from the FDA to the pharmaceutical companies or to, you know, and it's just this like good old boys club. And these are the ones that are approving the, so then they go and they make a lot of money. I mean, Fauci's retiring at the end of the year or he's, you know, what you know whatever, and I'm thinking, great, he knows he's going to get screwed. So he's running away, like, and he's going to not be responsible, but other people are like, no, watch in a year he'll be working for Moderna. Like, yeah it's there's this inbred good old boy club of of between the government and the pharmaceutical companies too that just make it all a mess and nobody's regulating anybody and it's all about money it's really sad well did you did you see the uh the the television show the series uh dope sick with michael keaton on hulu no i did not oh my god after making this documentary you think nothing would would infuriate me you have to watch it it's a six-part series on hulu Michael Keaton. And I think you can probably rent it on Amazon if you don't have Hulu, but it's about the Oxycontin, um, scandal with Purdue pharma and it goes deep into it, but it's fiction. So it's like, you're watching it happen. And you heard, I was heard about it from the outside, but I didn't realize the lies that Purdue. So Purdue kept trying got people hooked on, you know, Oxycontin Mm -hmm. and it was an opioid and said it wasn't addictive. And it was all Mm -hmm. this stuff, like it's less than 1% addictive. But then when it starts stopped working they called it breakthrough pain. They were like right. there are some there are some clients that have breakthrough pain and they coined that phrase. They said tell the doctors it's breakthrough pain. And if somebody has breakthrough pain, you up their dose immediately, exactly. you start them. And this and I'm like, "Oh my god." And now with the with the COVID, it's like breakthrough infection. So if you have a breakthrough infection, you might need a booster. I mean, it's parallel. What happened with OxyContin yep. at Purdue Pharma, parallel with COVID, it just happened five years ago, and nobody's in jail for from Purdue. They just got they just got the biggest what is it the biggest fine that anybody's ever gotten the biggest lawsuit whatever, but nobody yep. went to jail, and that is infuriating, and that's more clear than the COVID stuff. It's it's really cool to watch that, knowing what's going on with COVID too. But it's, I it's didn't just...
0: know about this. I will watch, but I have covered the uh, opioid crisis in America, and uh, I tell you one aspect that I covered, which won't surprise you, was the way in which these big pharma companies were flying out doctors to Hawaiian yes. vacations. Yes, you know what I mean. Yep. yep.
1: Yep. I mean that's all it's it's all that's all in the movie too. It's I mean it's a the first first couple series the first couple episodes you have to learn the characters so it gets a little bit like okay I get this I but once it gets into the meat of like what really happened and Purdue and the DEA the the few members trying to get to the bottom of it while the rest of the people are and the FDA and the FDA saying, Well, we're not sure that it's killing that it's actually killing people and it's not people that are just abusing the drug. And it was just like You know, there's, you know, there's people who actually need it. And yeah, you should watch. It's really, um, and yeah, and and that's a whole part of it is the reps, the pharmaceutical reps and how they're Mm -hmm. trained and what they're told to push on the doctors. And Michael Keaton plays this doctor who's like the best hometown doctor, loves everybody and ended up getting everybody on the town addicted to opioids, including himself. And it's based on a true story.
0: Amazing. Amazing. This does not surprise me, though, because my work in big pharma over the years has shown this lack of division between marketing and the professional sector. They sort of blend in this way that is allowed in the States, but not just the States. When I was in Canada, there was a huge scandal with pharmaceutical companies paying doctors rents for their offices. Wink, wink. So this is not just the U.S., although it's more exaggerated in our country because of the lack of social medicine, which tends to eliminate a lot of these risks. There's a uh, checks and balances, as it were, within mm. a lot of these systems, not always, obviously. One thing that does strike me that is similar to the opioid crisis as well is the way that the media cantered along with it. It just pushed yeah. it a little more because... <laughs> When you see things like breakthrough pain, you have a lot of journalists not questioning, just copying it down, writing it down, pushing it out there. When you scratch the surface, I was covering COVID from the beginning because I was in the world's worst freaking lockdown outside of China. I feel like, I just said this the other week, I feel like I've been tortured. The psychological ramifications of this did not begin to hit me until last fall. And it's very hard to realize that you have been put in a prison, that you... You committed no crime for, and that you have suffered all of these life consequences that you will never get back, especially at my age, because I'm not 22. I can't just go out and remake my life savings. I can't just get my health back from all those months I had to like, I'm a freelance writer. I had to worry about how I was going to eat. And no one thought about this. When it came time for the vaccines, I'll tell you what stunk to me. It was that the minute Donald Trump said he was going to get a vaccine going, and you saw people like Nancy Pelosi saying "No way, no way," mm-hmm. and then as soon as Biden won, and everything shifted one eighty. Yes, yes. That's when I first became suspicious yeah. about this. You know, <laughs> yeah, it's it's insane. It's like
1: okay, now you guys trust it, and now you guys, you know, and I, you know, one of my friends was like. Well, it's, you know, when I was trying to tell her about it and she's like, it's for the great, it's a public health issue. Like the things that come out of people's mind, you know, breakthrough infection, public health issue, safe and effective. Like you, I started to hear these same phrases being used by the media, as you say, just copied and pasted. And then my friends saying them, and then I'm like, wait, you guys are just saying what you've heard. Public health (laughs) issue, safe and effective, like, you know, follow the science, (laughs) Yeah, follow the science. Yeah. Follow the science. And which was the stupidest thing. The stupidest thing, don't think for yourself. People were saying, oh, well, you're just a, people would be posting these things saying like, oh, you're a kindergarten teacher, yet you think you know can know as much as a scientist, you know, stop being a dipshit and follow the science. And it's like, wait, wait, wait. Now we're telling people, and these are people on the left, we're telling people not to think for themselves. Mm -hmm. We're telling people because you're a kindergarten teacher, you can't think, you're not capable of thinking for yourself. So just let the government tell you what to do. I couldn't believe it was coming from pe- from people I knew who were intelligent. Yep. You know, and, I and really many
0: on that. the left, right? It was I mean, I never thought I'd say this in my life because I was like, yeah. I cannot believe A, I missed the 1980s and B <laughs> that the people who've had our back have mathematically speaking overwhelmingly been from the right. Yeah. And this floored me because I kept thinking I was in political groundhog day. Yeah. You know, I I
1: got a I got a personal message on Facebook from somebody yesterday who saw the movie who just was like, I wanted to let you know that it was really great. Thank you for making it. And just a really nice message. And I mm-hmm. and I looked at the profile picture and the profile picture is a picture of Trump. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm like, there would have been a time and I'm really, and I that's a growth for me. I'm like, Trump, thank you. And I replied back, thank you very much. And like, great, this person likes Trump. Like, okay. And we both agree on this. And yeah, it, it, you know, if there was a time where you Trump supporters were like, okay, this foreign thing that you're supposed to kind of hate. And now Trump supporters are part of my circle. And they're actually really great people. And you start to realize there's nuance to everything. And all the things that the people on the left are being blind to is the same way that people on the right have been blind to things as well. And everything's just a big game and no one's really thinking. And we're actually all humans. And you know, and there's actually, Oh, very- don't
0: say that. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, yeah, no, but this is, uh, I too have had this lesson in, in understanding my former wokeness. And I'm like, Oh, yeah. thank God. I'm not like that anymore. Yeah. Because this has been, I have friends who are very far to the left as I am who've moved to the state of Florida because of what's happened in their state. Yep. And I'm just like, blown away by all of it. I was very impressed by the getting Martin yes. and Jay and others on to form this alternative to the CDC, which really does need to happen. Yep. And, you know, th- let's go back though, to what you mentioned in the film that's related. The fact is that Pfizer and now others have tried to hide all the adverse refa- reaction data for as much as up to 75 years. Yes. Like they have gone out of their way, not only to bilk the public fund, because this is a lot of this money is coming from the government, which is coming from taxpayers, but they have been protected against lawsuits because of these legal agreements they come to with the government. And Mm -hmm. then they get the I mean, this is just chutzpah. They get to then decide that they don't have to open up their documents to the public for scrutiny. Right. Yeah.
1: And what's in the, and what's in the vaccines, like the ingredients, like, mm-hmm. it's just like, there's all these things that like, we don't, yeah. And and that was okay. And luckily a judge overturned the 75 year thing, mm-hmm. but, you know, and then we have these volunteers and these great programs and, you know, Naomi Wolf and these people who are just like going through it and, and volunteers, you know, going through these thousands and thousands of pages, but yeah, they wouldn't, They the vaccine companies wouldn't even tell them, wouldn't even tell us what, you know, what the result, what the reactions were. Just all the way around, it's stuff that's, like, unbelievable. And, you know, and then meanwhile, meanwhile, there's people who have lost their help, their families, who are homeless, who, you know, college students who have not, you know, who can't go back to college because of their adverse reactions. And nobody's getting help. So like on a whole nother level, there's actually just people who really, really, really need help at this moment. Their lives have been turned upside down and no one is helping them and no one is even acknowledging them.
0: Yes. And and we're seeing a, a paucity of pushback within these systems, such as New York State, where students have to be vaccinated and professors. I've had people on the show who are at risk of getting of losing their jobs because of this policy. And I'm wondering, where are the professors marching on this? I used to teach at NYU and many of the CUNY schools. What mm-hmm. in the hell? Where yeah. are the people standing up for the rights of these students? Because as you mentioned in your film, but this was a truism from the beginning. When as soon as we knew what the demographic was, especially with myocarditis, mm-hmm. a, a 22-year-old student is going to fare well with COVID. If you have a choice between taking this vaccine that might give you myocarditis along many other possibilities or getting the disease, of course, you'll get the disease. Yet these students have been disenfranchised from their own education. For what? Is this about making Moderna and Pfizer, et cetera, wealthy? What is going on? Right. I mean, and it has to be right. There's no other there's no other
1: unless you want to go the depopulation warfare version yeah. which I, I yeah. guess there are other options but in my mind there's no other option like it's it's money like that's my but actually no there actually are other theories so who who knows what it's about but um mm-hmm. but yeah mm-hmm. like why should a kid and why do they oh my god like the the biggest moment was when they passed it for six month old why yeah. are you giving when they six months to five years passed why, and this is when omicron this is when it's not even this is when people who are getting the vaccine are still getting covid this is when the omicron we it's proven that it's not as bad as delta like it's just we we can change our we can slow down and not give it to to babies, but right. no, they give it to babies it's like right. and, and we say we care about the kids like I've always hated that. Mm. I made a joke once in one of my movies. Where I wrote this sign in this political activism group, and it's just this picture of this sad kid, and it goes, but what about the children?
0: Right, right, And, right, it, right. It
1: was, and this is in my film, you know, before all this. And, but I just made a joke because it always makes me sick when people are like, but what about the children? And even like when Michael Jackson, when the, the documentary came out about Michael Jackson and Oprah came out against Michael Jackson and everybody suddenly is against, well, it's just the kids. And I'm like, you guys don't care about kids because if you really cared about kids, there are kids that need help. There are things you can do. You just want to demonize people when they come out and jump on a bandwagon, but nobody actually cares about kids. And I, and I've always felt this i think it's the same thing with abortion or whatever we're not talking about that but it's like it's fine if you think it's a horrible thing but most of the people if you really care about kids there are kids you could care about and the same thing here with covid do we really care about kids? If you did, wouldn't you really look at these studies? Wouldn't you understand that when the 5 to 11-year-old vaccine was, uh, was approved for 5 to 11, they already knew that from 12 to 17, it was 1 in 5,000 myocarditis. 1 in 5,000 12 to 17-year-olds got myocarditis, men or whatever, boys. And then they did the trial for 5 to 11, and they only had less than 2,000 people in the trial. The trial wasn't even up to the one in five thousand myocarditis that we already That's know is. That's like crazy. Yeah. And I'm, and yet you're giving it to your kids and yet you're approving it for kids. And I'm like, nobody is caring about the kids right now. Nobody is. So it used to be like, oh, well, the Republicans don't care about kids, even though they're pro-life, they don't care about the kids that are alive or whatever. But I'm like, the Democrats don't care about the kids because if you did, you wouldn't, you would be really caring about these trials and want more trials before you subjected these kids to this. And they're not doing that. And I don't even have kids. And I do care about the kids. I'm like this, and you and the
0: masking and the lockdown and the schools, nobody cares about the kids. You're listening to Savage Minds, and we hope you're enjoying the show. Please consider subscribing. We don't accept any money from corporate or commercial sponsors, and we depend upon listeners and readers just like you. Now back to our show. Pritzker in Illinois made the school system Chicago hell. His kids were out of school for so long. His kids, however, went to school in Florida. Martin came on the show, I believe, right before Jay. And this was just a few weeks after the Great Burrington Declaration was created. Mm -hmm. And I asked what he thought was going to happen. And he was actually accurate. He said, this is going to cycle through the population. It's going to weaken in all likelihood. And I'm paraphrasing. And that's yep. pretty much what's happened. So when I hear the word Omicron, I think of a Star Trek character. I, kept, I keep expecting Omicron. Like, it doesn't it sound like a Star Trek character? <laughs> we were treated to lockdown with not only follow the science, but as your friend, the nurse, you're, you're disrespecting me if you don't agree with me. This kind yeah. of mentality stuck into people. And yeah. your film gets at this very well around the vaccine, where You know, Topher Field in his film on on Lockdown Melbourne says that the propaganda basically had rocket boosters on it so that it was constantly shifting the goalposts. There were goalposts shifting every other week in some places during the last three years, where we were told, remember at the beginning, where we were told about the vaccines, and I'm talking about Biden in presidency, that they would stop transmission. Then we learned that. That we had to get the boosters and that these boosters that would make it even stronger and that the vac- the unvaccinated were being selfish. Remember that? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And and
1: then then they're just like, oh, turns out they six within six weeks, they peak. So the boosters last for six. First of all, there's two weeks where you're highly susceptible to catch COVID even more than if you weren't boosted because of what's happening with your immune system. So in the first two weeks after, you're bo- after you're, you get a shot, you are actually could be really susceptible to get it. But after those two weeks, then you're the highest. But then after like six weeks, it starts, the, the efficacy goes down. So yes. it's like, and then they're like, okay, well, it just goes down. You'll just have to get another shot. It's like, so it's not working. So it works for like a total of four weeks. Like, yeah. Like, you know, and that's the thing And the trials, they didn't go beyond three months.
0: Right. So they right. didn't know.
1: So they're like, oh, yeah. And so they did these like the six week period when you're highly when you have a lot of antibodies. But from that point on, it goes down, down, down. If they would have done the efficacy over the six month period, it would have been a totally different thing. You and know.
0: you note this in the film that there were very few undertaking other therapies to reduce yeah the severity of illness, such as you mentioned, monoclonal antibodies. Can you discuss that? Because this was something, when I had Martin on the show and I asked him about this, I didn't ask him yet about any vaccines, but just the idea that natural immunity would develop seemed to me to be the first go-to. But instead, the first go-to was capitalism. And I have to wonder that myself, I've faced in this country a fine For not having the vaccine because I'm over 50. God, I can barely say that anymore. But yes. And um, I was like, no, I'm not going to get it. I'm just not going to get something that's a fake vaccine. And people look, when you say that here, people look at you as if you're saying the Pope is gay. Well, then the Pope is gay because it's not Mm -hmm. a vaccine. And, And the fact that the CDC had to go and change that definition is evidence that they are trying to cover their asses.
1: Yeah exactly it's just it's absolutely it's absolutely ridiculous and then yeah well and there was like oh you're killing people by so I've even been told by you know so the people on the extreme sides with this movie it's actually been overwhelmingly like everybody's like thank you this is a great it's a great movie and it's actually a great way to open discussions with the skeptics because it's not it's not the other movies that like circle the echo chambers and make us all mad that we all agree with this Mm -hmm. is one that is actually I tried to make accessible to the people who are skeptics so that we can open this discussion and So I was just like, yes, you know, we're going to do this. But so certain things I didn't do in the movie, I didn't use the word ivermectin. Mm -hmm. um, Because, you know, I didn't want to use trigger words, even though what happened with ivermectin was atrocious to me as well. Like suddenly people who've never heard of ivermectin are calling it a horse drug uh You mm-hmm. know, like on Facebook, oh, who's taking the horse drugs? And like they're basically saying, you know, insinuating it's Trump supporters. And I'm just like, you guys are being such idiots right now. Like, you don't even know this drug. You don't even understand that it's a drug for human and a won a Nobel Prize or, you know, Nobel. That's the book prize. Why don't, is that the right prize? I always get confused. The
0: no, no, prize. a Nobel Prize can be many things. Yes, there could be one for, okay. there is one for literature and for various sciences. That's yes. Science. Okay. Every time I say that,
1: I'm like, wait, that's the literature prize. I'm wrong. But, um. <laughs> anyway but no it's just like and and so there were things that could help people but not only that they're like we're killing people by not getting vaccinated somebody actually told me that i was that my film was harmful because it's it's spreading lies about the vaccine and mm-hmm. that it's a harmful movie and all this stuff and i'm and you know so we're responsible for these deaths but i'm like what about all these people who just push 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 the vaccine with no other options what about during that time period, if we could have kept working towards something that actually did work and all these people died while we're pushing the vaccine? Like, I mean, I think the government, are, you know, and the companies are the biggest murderers of them all. And and the way they would tell people who got uh, covid to go to the hospital. I mean, they'd go to the hospital and they'd send them home and they'd say, come back when you can't breathe. Come back when you're about to die. We'll put mm-hmm. and we'll put you in a tube and you'll die. Like Mm -hmm. they don't tell you to go home and do things. They don't tell you, Hey, lie on your stomach. The prone position is what opens areas in your lungs that don't usually open. So if you're losing oxygen, lie on your stomach and suddenly you'll get more oxygen to your lungs. They Mm -hmm. don't tell you, go for a walk, get sunshine, take vitamin C. They don't tell you how to fight it. They just say, go home. And when you're worse, come back. And
0: it it was just, yeah, people, no treatment. That's something you said in the film that I also have echoed uh, early on. I was, you know, just so you know, my listeners have heard this, sorry to bore you listeners, but in the early days when this happened and we were in lockdown from 23 Jan- uh sorry, 23 February, 2020, I was like, oh my God, this must be really serious. Like I was like, you know, I wasn't a true believer out of anything other than I trusted what I was being told. Yeah. Very quickly within two weeks, I realized this was bullshit bullshit for many reasons I was also living in a condominium of mostly elderly people that were partying like it was 1984 I mean it was just like <laughs> insane these people were like having the family over these were octogenarians, some people close to a hundred and I thought if this were really serious I mean you know I, yeah. I was a little skeptical there then I tell you what uh, like you, I'm thinking, I mean, you, you showed that in the film. I did not know that uh, the governor of New York was offering fast <sighs> food with the. that's disgusting with the vaccine. But I'll tell you what, I was very angry that the elderly were used as human shields, uh, propaganda human shield, to let them in the door. It was the, the elderly were the Trojan horse. And what better country to roll out your granny and parents are going to die than Italy? Italy is the country that... They have, I'm sorry to say, love this country, but there are some really unhealthy familial aspects here. And I think the propaganda took advantage of that. And mm. I mean, people do not reason when it comes to when they hear grandparent or parent. That's it. If you tell people to swallow blades, they will. If you just say that'll save your grandparents' lives, you know, there's this kind <laughs> no. of very strange patriarchal structure here that makes people uncritical about these kinds of aspects. And then did I see meals on wheels being rolled out for elderly who were not living anywhere near people that could help them? No, I didn't see anything being done because there has been zilch done to help the elderly. So that was a bloody lie. Then the diet issue, as you noted in your film, and you know, it wasn't just the obese who were at risk, but you, you saw very little to zero pushing of any kind of health reforms in any country where was italy france or the u.s or canada saying if you make under this amount you get free passes to the gym because goodness knows since the top three groups at risk of covid are and this is not an order people with cardiac issues people who are obese and diabetic Those are the three top top groups. And at no time, we know exercise is good for all three. Yeah. Yeah. At no time did you see any government, even Socialist Canada say, well, let's get people back into the gym. Let's get people doing yoga. Let's get the elderly would have benefited from that. Nothing. Sunlight, vitamin D. We knew that worked. They knew it.
1: Yeah, they closed Fun. the beaches in California. We weren't allowed to go to the beach. We weren't allowed to ride on the bike path by yourself. There's a bike path right by my house that goes all the way through Manhattan Beach, Hermosa Beach, Redondo Beach, beautiful on the ocean. It, you know, and you couldn't even be alone on the bike path riding your bike. It was all closed. It was it was just like, what? outside. And I play volleyball. I play beach volleyball. And we would start to play volleyball at the volleyball nets and um, people would come together. And it's just two on two. It's four people. It could be your family or pod. And what they did is they took a bulldozer and they put mounds of sand on every volleyball court so nobody could play. They mounded it up, piled it, covered it with sand.
0: <laughs> this no was under evidence. Gavin Newsom's orders, I presume.
1: Yeah, and and the mayor and yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah, exactly. It was the lead of Governor Newsom. Yep. And then but then the mayor, then the city. Then the city, because there were other places in California, you know, like LA was horrible. And it was just like, yeah. And then there was protests and then we would, people would take the sand away and play anyway. And then the police would come. And sometimes the police would be like, yeah, this is bullshit, but we have to tell you, you can't play, but we're not going to do anything. Or, But mm-hmm. they had to keep coming and telling us don't, you know, but you couldn't, I mean, they, they piled sand literally like 15 feet high, like huge mounds of sand on every court. And and this is just,
0: vile because we all know that the people living in California that didn't need to go to a volleyball court because they had backyards the size of a hundred volleyball courts. And this was a yeah. real class warfare issue also. Yeah, no, exactly.
1: Exactly. Like my, um, and my, like I have a friend who has three boys, six, eight and 11 or something like that. And that was during lockdown. And all of her boys are like hyper intelligent, hyper creative boys mm-hmm. which if that tells you anything they can't sit in front of a zoom and listen to like the abcs mm-hmm. like they were having a really hard time and i went and helped her with her boys during the lockdown and help- like i sat in kindergarten i sat mm-hmm. in second grade with the boy to be like to help simulate him and like oh this is interesting or like here's your homework or and it just made me think, but in the end, I did it for a little while, but I was like, I can't keep doing this. And she's like, I'll pay you. I'll pay you. Like, what, what can we pay you? We just... And I was like, why don't you hire a tutor? And she's like, no, because you're part, you know, my boys know me, you're your friend. So she ended up paying me to come over and and help with the schooling of her three boys. But I'm like, what about the parents who can't pay for that? Like I on one mm-hmm. level. I was like, okay, this is awesome. I'm able to make a little money. I'm helping my friend. But then I felt bad because I'm like, there are like people without money who have these kids and what are they doing? Like, these kids aren't learning. It's like this horrible thing. And it became really class. Like, yeah, it's like what same thing with the vaccine injuries. Mm-hmm. It's like people without health insurance, people in, who can't take off work and try to work through it. And they're just sitting there spasming on their couches with no doctor to go to. Like, there's a, that was a whole story I wanted to do. If I had more money, I would have covered it because I don't have health insurance. And so, have, going through a vaccine injury without health insurance is a whole different thing than most of the people who are out who are in my group who are actually doctors with great health insurance and already in the medical community. If but, you like, I would
0: speak about this for our listeners and for me because I left the States before Obamacare was kicked in. Now, yeah. Can you explain what this means? Because my understanding was that and I shouldn't call it. It's the Affordable Care Act. Act. Yeah, that I thought was supposed to make it both mandate that everyone has to buy into it, but make it affordable. Although what I do know is that it's certainly not affordable for many. Right.
1: That's the problem. So there were really great things about it and bad things about it, which I actually think is acceptable. It's a new thing. Like now, let's let's make it better. But mm-hmm. the problem with the Affordable Care Act was so if you. So I'm an artist. I'm a filmmaker. So I'm live paycheck to paycheck. So when the Affordable Care Act started, it was actually great for me because I made so little money that I got good enough that I only had to pay like 180 a month, hundred dollars and eighty a month. And for, for pretty good health insurance. So it worked for me when it first came out, my sister though, who was making, I don't know, 60,000 a year, like not, you know, not a lot, but like middle class, you know, like Mm -hmm. not a lot, but not a little because she wasn't as poor as me. She didn't get the financial aid. Her health insurance was like 700, 600, 700 a month. Mm. So suddenly she has to pay like 680 a month for her health insurance when she's already like not making. And suddenly that's a whole lot. So for those people, if you, depending on that, but then what happened to me is that I ended up making less money. Like I, um, I, my restaurant that I was working at closed and then I wasn't getting more jobs. So my income went down. And so in California, um, if you make a certain amount, you don't qualify for the affordable care act. You qualify for Medi-Cal which is the government health insurance. So when I tried to renew my, my affordable care act, it said, you don't make enough. You get Medi-Cal, which is free. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, so now I'm not paying anything, but it's the worst health insurance you could ever want. Every doctor, the only doctors who take it are just horrible. I mean, and I'm not, I'm, I shouldn't say that. I'm sure there's some good ones somewhere, but no, I've had a horrible experience. I've been actually waiting for a surgery for two years because of inept that I need because of inept, um, met doctors and medical care. It's like horrible. So this is actually the government medical that I'm, that I qualify for. I can't, so in order to get affordable care act, which is actually what I want now, because I, I've been waiting for two years for a surgery and I don't trust any of the doctors. And I Mm -hmm. really, so I'm going to go for the affordable care act, but in order to do that, I'm going to have to say that I make more money than I do just so I can qualify for that.
0: (laughs) Oh my God. No, I just did the math on your sister's salary. And if I am rough, rough handing this, though, after taxes, she would be basically paying uh, uh, roughly a fourth to a third of her salary just in healthcare. That's a lot.
1: It's a lot. And that was what everybody was complaining about. It's expensive. Like they're making us get it and it's expensive. And it is expensive if you fall in this in the category that a lot of people do, where it's like you're not poor, but you're not rich. Mm-hmm. then you got to spend this much for healthcare. No, it's, there was a lot of problems, but it actually worked for me too. Like it actually was good for me at my income level. And I was thankful for it because I had, I had fibroid tumors mm-hmm. and I, I couldn't, I, that's a pre-existing condition, but it's something that a lot of women have and it's benign and it's, you know, it's just, you have them, but because of that, mm-hmm. health insurance companies were allowed to say it's a pre-existing condition and not cover me. And suddenly with the Affordable Care Act, I was able to get insurance with my tumors and that was great and it didn't cost me that much so it was actually a really great thing for me um and it's a great thing for some people but it didn't work for every and it was it didn't work for the majority of the people but I you know and instead but I think it makes sense like let's just fix it so now it's still there but you Mm -hmm. don't have to have it like Trump took away the the mandatory so anybody can still do it but it's their choice
0: Oh, I didn't realize he did that. See, I've been yeah. focusing on the wrong thing. <laughs> yeah, um,
1: Trump took away the mandatory.
0: Okay, well, I can I can understand why, given his political I- interests as well. Um, there's a great—I mean, this is off the subject—but Bill Moyer in the 1980s made a great documentary comparing the U.S. and Canadian healthcare systems. I cannot remember the name, but it's well worth the watch because basically what he shows is that our system is mired in bureaucracy. So a good 80% to 90% of what people are paying for has nothing to do with the actual medicine.
1: Yeah. I believe that.
0: Yeah. As a victim of vaccine, uh, harm, you were not covered at all then. Oh, yeah, no, no, and no,
1: I hadn't i i was I had the medical free insurance, but like no, like the doctors are so bad, like I basically don't have health insurance i it basically becomes an emergency, like if I had to go to the emergency room, it would be covered, but mm-hmm. other than that, like going to a primary care physician, going to a doctor, i mean, I you know, I had a i you know I had a doctor that diagnosed me with lung disease you know, one day. And then the next week I got a further MRI and he never, you know, and he was like, Oh, you don't have lung, but he never apologized or noted that he just diagnosed me with lung disease. And now I don't have it. And I just got so sick of that. And like waiting and people Mm -hmm. say with Canada, people love to say, Oh, you want to be Canadian health insurance. That's so, so you can wait six weeks or three, you know, two months to get a doctor's appointment. Do you realize they have to wait? Do you realize that there's all, and I'm like, you know what, I've been waiting for eight months for an appointment with a new doctor for the surgery that I already know I need. And I, and now the new doctor that might be able to do it is like you, I can get an appointment with her in eight months. And then once I get the appointment, it's probably gonna be another six months before we can schedule the surgery. I would do, I would love to know that I'm going to have an appointment in six weeks. That would be heaven to me. (laughs) So like I I go Canada then or three months. If I can get an appointment in three months and know that I'm going to have it and it's going to be good, good care or decent care, I'd be happy to wait three months because I've been waiting. uh, We wait longer here unless you have really good insurance.
0: Would you think the fact that there are so many Americans who are uninsured, uh, do you think that this played a role in the way that vaccine damage is being held? Accountable or not?
1: Yes, a hundred
0: percent. I think that there's thousands
1: and thousands of people who who have a vaccine injury who can't go to the hospital, who can't go to a doctor, who have not reported it. I think there's also thousands of people who are having a vaccine injury who don't even realize they're having a vaccine injury. My cousin contacted me when he found out about my injury because I posted on Facebook. Um, and he said, Oh my God, like I had a stroke three months ago. It was the day after my vaccine. I never equated it with the vaccine until I read your post. Like mm-hmm. he went to the emergency room with a stroke. He went to the emergency room. He was oh, in the hospital God. for two days. It was like two days after his vaccine oh, and no, God. not one doctor, nobody ever. And he doesn't, you know, and this is like, he's doesn't have great health insurance. He's, you know, and I'm like, how many other people are don't have health insurance and just go to the hospital on emergency, but no one's equating it with the vaccine and they can't get help. You know? Yeah. It's like, there's rich, not rich people, but people with money you know, in my movie who are able to go to the doctors and stuff, but even them, you know, there's a woman who, when I made the movie was like, well, luckily I have enough money to do all this, but what about people who don't, you know, like, (laughs) but now six months later, she's gone through $250,000 of her life savings. And mm-hmm. she suddenly doesn't have the money anymore of her right. own money.
0: right? But the right. rich
1: people don't have the money to go through this. So the poor people, you know.
0: Well, uh, you know, aside from the vaccine issue, there are a lot of people, as you well know, think that this wasn't a, uh, uh, that this, this was a pandemic, as you, you know, I'm sure, have heard. And yeah. it's very shocking when you start to read the data on, but there were absolutely no scientific choices put into the fact that, Walmart could be open, but the little mom and pop shop, no. And right. you begin to be, as I did, more sympathetic to what so are so-called conspiracy theories, because the conspiracy theories are the only things that seem to make sense at a certain point, including right. around this vaccine. One yeah. thing that got to me is, you know, I know Peter McCullough's work because you know, I've been dealing with a lot of these scientists over the last years. And he talks about the fact that the FDA coerced individuals, according to him, to incur fatal and non-fatal injuries, and he calls this medical malfeasance, which it is. Yes. And then you note right after that scene about how boosters were pushed. Uh, alternative therapies, of course, you didn't say ivermectin, but you did mention monoclonal antibodies were mostly not considered at all. Yeah. So it seems to be that there. This was a purposefully designed pro-vaccine agenda from the get-go
1: Hundred that
0: yeah I mean the fact that you have people you know, that great scene you showed early on in the film with Fauci saying how masks are useless and then you go back to show how he lied and then his explanation yes. of the lie this is unbelievable because yeah. I don't know if you've read the biography about him yet but you ought to it's really holy shit territory when you start to get there and his links to the yeah. People who are making the decisions in the U.S. And somehow the U.S. became this de facto center of parliament for many countries, not just Italy. Many countries were looking to Dr. Fauci. And I'm like, what the hell is this? Since yeah. when has health has care or public health been decided by one guy in a country over there? What happened to looking at the science? Because this hasn't happened. And I'll give you an example of something that happened to me recently. I had to call the press office of the ISS here, which is our site. It's like our uh, NIS. And uh, when I called up and asked about why they were not reporting the excess deaths these past several months in terms of who was and who was not vaccinated, they said, well, we don't report the COVID deaths in terms of that because we know most of them are elderly anyways. And I said, excuse me? So what you're saying is you're just repeating to me the very paradigmatic basis for what everyone has been saying about not taking the vaccine that we know who's at risk and the vaccine should go to the elderly. And the guy was like, well, you're not understanding. I I told him to fuck off and I hung up the phone. I was really angry and that's not how I usually am professionally, but I got so angry that the number one science body in Italy is lying, is lying and keeping information off of the public records purposefully Because if they put them on the public records, people will see that the vaccine, and this is what you show in your film effectively at one point, that in fact, the vaccine data did not show that it was doing anything differently than not vaccine. Yeah. And the real world experience is kind of showing the same thing. Like everybody
1: was clinging to like, Oh, it's the vaccinated people who are dying. It's the, it's a pandemic of the, I mean of the unvaccinated. And, but now numbers are coming out that it's the vaccinated that are dying more. And who cares? I mean, the point is it's not working. I mean, I guess, you know, there's a reason to care about all that, but, you know, it just becomes like, let's find the study that proves that it's for, you know, the unvaccinated or the vaccinated, but it's no, it's, it's, it's not as everybody's, it's just, it's not working. It didn't work. And, I don't know. Like I, you know, but what was interesting is I was telling a friend yesterday about this documentary and she's, I know on the left and, but you know, I, so I'm, I I call it like I'm coming out of the closet with my friends and you have to do it gently. (laughs) Um, you can't just be like, Hey, here I am. Like, you know, and then people, yeah. you know, it's like you got to do it gently. And that's how I am about this vaccine stuff. It's like coming out of the closet gently. I have to meet them where they are so that they can, they can take it, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'm not posting on Facebook. Oh, I made this movie. Everybody watch it. People are dying. And like, I don't do that. Cause I know people can't handle that. So I'm actually right. literally one-on-one conversations with my friends. Like, Hey, I made this movie that I've actually been afraid to tell people about because it's, you know, and then they have to open up. So I was telling a friend yesterday about it. And I was like, you know, it's just my experience, but it's already been banned from YouTube. Like, these are the stories that like people aren't allowed to hear. And there's something wrong with that. And, you know, but then she tells me as we're talking and I'm very gentle and I'm not even telling her what I think. She's like, yeah, well, of course their first reaction is, well, of course there are people that are going to be injured. We all know that. Like, you know, like, of course there are going to be some injuries. Like not everybody takes everything a hundred percent, you know? So I know she's going through the like, oh, it's the rare. It's the, you know, of course. And she's being, she's being sensitive. And she's like, I'm so sorry that this happened to you, you know? And like, but yeah, it's like, of course we all, you know, we didn't know that there would be some. And I'm like, yeah, but what we didn't know is that you wouldn't get help and you'd be lied to about it. And anyway, so we're talking, but then she reveals to me that her brother died of COVID, her best friend, brother, like super close died right. of COVID. To the mm-hmm. point where she was, he died of COVID alone in the hospital around a bunch of other people on ventilators alone and they wouldn't let her into the hospital. And she, you know, it, I think it was, I think it was before the vaccine. No, or I don't know. She was vaccinated, I think, it, but it didn't matter. They wouldn't let her into the hospital. They're like, you know, so she couldn't, nobody could, she was one of the people who had the most atrocious experiences of COVID, which is your loved one dying alone in the hospital and you're not allowed in to be by their side.
0: Right. Um, right.
1: So then I'm like, wow. So then how do, (laughs) and I know that she's on the, she's a pro vaccine. Like, of course, if your brother dies, but I'm sitting here listening to the story of her not being allowed in the hospital and all this stuff. And I'm sitting here going, I just want to tell her that like, and I can't, I won't tell her, I won't be insensitive, but like, maybe, you you know, you should have like, that's a crime in itself that people weren't allowed in the hospitals like that like that's really horrible too but that doesn't mean that the vaccine is the right way to go but like i you know it just becomes personal for people and then i feel for her and then i'm like well i can't you know she lost her brother because of covid so of course she's gonna have a more person and you know in a horrible way that she's gonna have a harder time understanding what i'm saying and i do have to just understand that personal experience trumps everything and when you lose somebody you love you know it's easier to become blind to the solution and you know, I don't, you know, and she's probably just like, yeah, if my brother had a vaccine, he wouldn't have died or, you know, like, because I must have been before the vaccine. I didn't ask the details. You know, I'm, I am right. curious about all of that.
0: Even in the absence of science, there's a lot of unclarity about we were all given that story of that Broadway dancer who died. He first had his yes. leg amputated. And that was the go to story. But that yeah. was the anomaly. You know, it's hard to accept the death of someone. We do sometimes not want to know more and we don't, we just want to find a right. reason and that's the reason, but we don't know you could have been talking to that same person whose brother died because of a vaccine injury. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And this, this is the, this is the paradox because one of the people in your film I'm extremely interested in uh, because his name is Aaron Cariati, who gave yes. testimony about the fact that he was treating patients and being questioned for his treatments where the CDC was di- dictating medical practices, which he found quite unethical. And many other doctors have come forth as yeah. well. But this was he was Paul is...
1: Merrick, I think. This was Paul Merrick, I oh, believe. Oh,
0: oh, let me uh check my notes. Um yeah, also he, also yeah. he did as well. Both yeah. of them. But he was Kiriati was asking about, you know, where the CDC comes in on this because yeah. he's part of a lawsuit with Jay Bhattacharya, yes. Martin Kuldorf and Jill Hines and many others in this lawsuit, which involves the states of Missouri and Louisiana. And this is about the lawsuits that are challenging government-directed social media censorship. Now, everyone's been screaming at me on my wall thinking I'm in love with Elon Musk. I'm not. Google me and his name. You'll see I've written loads of stuff against him. But I do think that this is fascinating what's coming out of the Twitter files because we are seeing how we have all been lied to. Now, no matter where you stand on the vaccine, no matter where you stand on the lockdown, I don't give a shit if you stand on the ceiling. The fact is that all of us should be on the side of all information being put forth and disseminated. But what has happened is we saw... You know, I, I swear to God, pinch me because I spoke to you about 9 earlier, but I am able to only watch of all the major media stations. I kid you not when I say the only one that ma- doesn't make me sick to watch these days is Fox. Now, mm-hmm. it's yeah. weird because Fox was the more, even in our last election, they did decent election coverage. All the others did not. It was like Trump derangement syndrome galore. Yes. And around the vaccine, around covid around class issues class issues fox was talking about the poor no one else was doing that you had msnbc you had that crazy woman what's her name uh she screams at the camera she's gone really rachel Madoff. yeah yes. oh my god she's become like a parody of a of hannity or something yes. and the left has just taken its cues from the old school super right-wing presenters if you catch my drift and gone way off and now we have people applauding censorship recent polls show that a a majority of americans are now pro-censorship but those americans tend to be on the left oh my god
1: yeah it's absolutely insane it's absolutely insane like it's 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 crazy like and how and the Elon Musk frenzy is it's like he buys it and everybody's I'm canceling my Twitter and everybody and it's like, wait a second like what do you guys really know about Elon Musk like most of you are just going with this media thing because everybody's afraid because they're afraid that things are gonna come out but like let's give him a chance like he he was he was left-leaning he has voted Democrat his entire life like I mean he's not but they're calling him this crazy right wing Trump supporter blah 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 and it's like wait like he actually was on the left side at one you know for the for most of his life so I don't understand we hate him and I'm like why because people are listening to the media and I'm just like sure like I don't have to love him or hate him but like do let's wait and see what he does you know and then I just hear them saying, well he fired everybody and they're just everything and I'm just like okay but like at the same time If most, you know, if there's this whole division and a lot of people don't like somebody and you're buying a new company, sometimes you do go in and fire everybody and bring your own people in and you might be an asshole and you might be a tyrant, but that's a business owner. And like, is that a reason that he's so horrible? Like, I don't know. Like, I just wasn't finding the reasons that horrible. I mean, it might show that he's a jerk, but like, there's so many jerks that own every company. Are we going to boycott all those companies? Like...
0: Well, it goes yeah. back into what Twitter's been doing for the last decade, which is the what I've been doing for 10 years. I've been working on the gender identity debates where mm. Twitter has kicked off loads of women, including men. Um, you have the lovely men who have now become de facto feminists fighting for women's rights, especially with the vote that has now gone down in Scotland, which I'm afraid to see what's happened there. But basically... Are we going to hijack science and pretend that men can become women? And this is what's gone on. So I put this interview up just maybe 36 hours ago on my Facebook wall, which was with a fired employee who's dissing Elon Musk. Clearly, he's one of the guys that censored me. I've gotten blocks on Twitter for saying that men cannot be women, that sex is immutable. You can't get through medical school if you can't state that sex is immutable amongst humans because we're not clownfish. We're not, we're not starfish. We're not seahorses. All these lovely paradigms that the gender lobby tries to promote. But this is something that I've said for three years now. If you can convince people that lesbians have penises, then lockdown's a no-brainer. And this has pretty much been the training ground for the ideology of the COVID times. And I get yeah. very worried when I see the way that now medical schools are teaching their students that Human. Oh, my God. That's humans are not sexually dimorphic. It's a fact. Humans are sexually dimorphic. It's not like I have to say to you, Jennifer, who gave birth to you, your dad or your mom? Tell me. These are these are truisms because they are science. And so there's been a huge fudge and a politically driven fudge in the same way that the mask mandates were politically driven, that the fact that you and many others were told you had to have this vaccine, blah, blah, blah. These were politically driven mandates. So this lawsuit that Aaron Carriati Keri- is involved with, along with J.N. Martin, is about the manipulation of information and the fact that the state legally has no right to mandate what is true and false and then promote that. There's supposed right. to be open debate in our country, but this yeah. has not happened but Jennifer, thanks to your film, thanks to other works of other people, this debate is starting to pop open wide in recent weeks, isn't it? Yeah. I think I'm
1: excited. I think we were trying to decide when to release the movie to, like, what's the best time? And like my producers were basically like, now, 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 now. And I'm like, Well, should we wait till after the holidays? Should I wait to see if maybe we get into South by Southwest, like a left film festival? And then that could actually open it up to that to the left side. Otherwise, how are we going to reach the other side? But then I'm also like, we're not getting into South by Southwest. I know that I know I'm not getting into any film festivals. I know I'm not getting distribution. I'm aware of that, but sometimes you got to try and, but they are like, no, no, now's the time. Now's the time. And I do so far, I'm feeling like this was the perfect time to release this movie. Like, you know, it's going to, it's going to die down a little over the holidays or or hopefully people will talk about it over the holidays with their skeptic people. Somebody told me that he said for Christmas, he's asking his mom, that all he wants for Christmas is for his mom to watch this movie because his Mm -hmm. mom will never listen to anything that's against the vaccine and is totally like hands over the ears. But he's like, this is a movie that my mom can digest. And so I've asked her for Christmas that she's got to watch this movie. And I'm like, yes, (laughs)
0: Yes." Wonderful. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. This is brilliant. I'm going to get this up within the next couple of days. I am so excited to have people watch your film because I think this is really important that people, I mean, we have been so fucking brainwashed these last years and I'm sick of it. um, Because the fact is that we saw early on, I mean, I remember asking about the damn vaccine and finding out that this was not a vaccine. And I kept wondering, why are they not putting air quotes around it? Why is it even being called a vaccine? Yeah. And you know, um, these cases in your film, my heart is hurting from seeing yeah. it.
1: And it's my heart is hurting from like, you know, all the people I, and I'm in a support group. Like on the support group on Facebook, you know, there's, it's just so sad. It's like, it's just so sad. But every day there's somebody who's like, I got my second booster and I can't walk and my whole world is ruined. How do I even, how do I even go on? And like, just all this stuff. And I'm like, oh, you got it from your second booster. Like we've been going through this for two years and it breaks my heart. Cause like, they had no clue. These are people that were just so into the vaccine and, and then, but they didn't know and that's not okay. And they got it from the booster. They got their reaction. and so people keep coming in they keep coming into these support groups and it just makes me so sad because we've known from the beginning I got my shot in March 5th of 2021 and so now here we are almost two years later and people are still getting boosted and joining the club and it's so sad (laughs)